sticks that I may go in and prepare for me and my son and we that we may eat and die. Then Elijah told her, do not fear, go do as you have said, but make one, make me a little cake from it first. Everybody said first. And bring it to me. And afterwards, you may make one for yourself and for your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bowl of flour shall not be exhausted, nor shall the job oil be empty until the day that the Lord sends me rain, sends rain on the face of the earth. So she went and did according to the word of Elijah, and, and she and her, uh, her son, you know, the household, ate for many Days, The bowl of flour was not exhausted, nor did the jar of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke through Elijah. And this is an account of God wants us to have more than enough. She had more than enough. She had more than enough for her, her son. She had more than enough because she could give to Elijah and take care of him during the whole time with just what she thought was just enough for them to make a little cake, eat it, and die. God is a God of more than enough. He's not a God that's just going to say, well, you know, things are pretty bad, you know, in, in America, so, you know, you might have to tighten up the belt a little bit. Uh, and I know you can't give to, to the poor. I know you can't uh, give to foreign missions. I know you can't give to uh, those in need. Uh, don't worry about that, you know, because you don't have much. God would never say that. He didn't do it when he walked there. Second Kings chapter four, uh, verse one through seven. And this is Elisha's ministry. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord and the creditor has come to take my two children and to be his slaves. Elijah said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then he said, go, borrow vessels at large for yourself and for uh, from all your neighbors. Empty vessels, do not get a few. And you shall go in and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour out into the three and into the, these vessels. And you shall set aside what is full. So she went in from him and she shut the door uh, behind her and her sons. And they were bringing the vessels to her and she poured. And it came about when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not one vessel more. And the oil stopped. Then, now listen to this now, this is important. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt. And you and your sons can live on the rest. God is a God of more than enough. He could have, have, have just given just enough for them to pay the debt and say, now suffer, you know. God is not a God of saying, you, you know, just have enough for yourself. He's a God of more than enough. They were to live on the rest of that, of their, their income. I said, oh, God, you are God of more than enough. Now, that's Old Testament. I know you say, oh, that's Old Testament. But see, in, in the New Testament, in Mark, 
uh, chapter 6, verse 32, uh, you, you know uh, the, the account where Jesus uh, got in a boat, went to a secluded place, and he, was, he told the disciples, look, you, you need to uh, get some rest. And the people saw where they were going, and they recognized them, and they ran and got there before uh, Jesus and the disciples got there. And Jesus, on verse 34, uh, went ashore. He saw the large crowd, and he felt compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when uh, it was quite late, the disciples came to him and uh, to the place and said, Hey, the place is desolate, and it's already quite late. Send them away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. And Jesus said to them, you give them something to eat. And they said, shall we go in and, sp- and spend 200 denarii on bread and give them something to eat? And he said, how many loaves do you have? Go look. And when they found out, they said five and two fish. And he commanded them to sit down in groups of, uh, on the green grass, groups of uh, fifties and hundreds. And he took the five loaves and the two fish and he looking up the, toward heaven. He blessed the food and he broke the loaves and, and he, he kept giving, he kept just kept, kept, kept giving them the, to the disciples and set before the, the people. He divided the two fish among them all and they ate and they were satisfied. And this is important, verse four to three. And they picked up twelve full baskets of broken pieces and also of fish. And there were 5,000 men that ate that day. But another account tells us not only was 5,000 men, but it also had women and children there. Is God a God of more than enough or not? Now, he could have just had just enough for that because, you know, five loaves not going to go too far and two fish, see. So he could have said, you know, well, is, are they all full? They all hungry? That's enough. Now they can go back home. No, he wanted to show the disciples, I'm a God of more than enough. I'm going to give each one of you a basket. Each one of you a basket, because there's 12 disciples. They got 12 baskets. So each one of you now, you got a basket full. It's more than enough. I'm a God of more than enough. Hey, you are positioned to succeed, and I'm telling you that you, you are in Christ Jesus, and he never, he never, never, never fails. Number four. What was number one? Passion, desire for, you know, more of God for what he has for us. Number two? Determined to change, you know, those things that are not lined up with God, prioritized by him. Number three? I didn't, I didn't hear you. Okay. Notice you're going to have sacrifice and hurt. Number four? Trust God and your spiritual covering. Trust God. Trust God. God is worthy to be trusted, isn't he? Why don't we trust him then? Why do we look at our circumstances rather than trusting God? See, if we do what God says, like Elder John said, then we can fully believe that he's going to bring to pass what he said. Let's look at Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. God is not a man that he should lie, not a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? God will do what he said he's going to do. This word is forever settled in heaven. It is not going to go away. All he asks us to do is do it. That's all he said. Do it. 
and he will bring the rest to pass. Do it. But you got to have faith in God. Trust in God. Belief in God. Faith in God. They're the same thing. 1 Samuel 15, 29. And also the glory of Israel will not lie or change his mind, for he is not a man that he should change his mind. See, people change their minds. No matter who they are, they change their minds sometimes. God never, never, never will lie or change his mind about what he's determined to do. Isaiah 55. 8 through 11. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, said the Lord. For the heavens are higher than the earth, and so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and return not there, but water the earth, and make it to bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the soul and bread to the eater, so shall my word be to go forth out of my mouth. It shall not return void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. It shall prosper to the thing whereto I send it. God's word will not return void. You can trust God's word. We can stand on it. It's like a rock. In Romans chapter 14, verse 23. But he who doubts is condemned, and he who eats, if he eats, because of his eating is not from faith. Whatever is not of faith is sin. God expects us to trust him. Faith in him. Belief in him. Belief in his word. Trust in his word. Second Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith and not by Galatians 2, 20. It says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in this flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. We have to live by faith. Hebrews eleven six. For but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a water of them who diligently seek him. You can't please him without faith. We have to trust God. And the only way you're going to trust God is trust what he said. He wrote us six or six books. And, is, and, and he says from Genesis to Revelation, what I said I'm going to do, I'll do it, Terry, you know, is not going to uh, 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 not come to pass. It's coming to pass. You can believe it. You can go to bank on it. He is true. And his word is true. If you can find in his word in the proper context and line up with what, what he wants you to do with that word, you will succeed. You cannot fail. You're positioned to succeed. James 1, 2 through 8, it says, My brother, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this. Now, surely, when we start standing on, on, on the word of God, when we start uh, uh, setting goals for ourselves and, and we hit some obstacles, it gets hard. It starts being the sacrifice, becoming more than what we thought it was going to be. It starts hurting more than we thought it was going to hurt. Then he says that, you know, you, you're going to fall into that. That's okay. But he says that, you know, really, uh, I'm trying to get something out of this thing here. I'm trying to help you get what you want. But you got to know this, that the trying of your faith worketh, come on, patience. And let patience have her, have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire and wanting nothing. So he's after that patience. He after that endurance. You got to endure. You got to have patience because he wants us to be a, a person just like he is. He's a God that uh, one day is a thousand. Yeah, really. You know, he, he, we think sometimes he's slow, but he's not slow to do things. He just waits. 
And sometimes we don't want to wait on God. We want things, you know, right now. We don't want to wait in line, you know. But he's not like that. It says that if anyone like wisdom on the area, then let him ask God, who giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given to him. But let not let the man ask in faith nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea, driven like a wind and tossed. And for let not that man think he's going to receive anything of the Lord. Because the double mind man is unstable in all, all uh, his ways. You got to kick doubt out. You got to kick doubt out of your mind. You cannot be doubting when it comes to uh, believing in the Lord. There's no room for doubting. That's the enemy's place to get you to doubt. Have God said, are you sure he told you to do this? You really don't need to do this. You don't have enough to give. You better hold on. In James chapter 2, verse 14, it says, For what use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but has no works? Can that faith save him? Let's go down to verse 18. But someone may well say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works. And I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. The demons also believe and shudder. But are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was working with his works. And as a result of works, faith was perfected. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, And Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. So you have to have the two working together. The two working together. Not for salvation. He's not talking about salvation. He's talking about accomplishing what God has for you to accomplish. He's talking about your prayers. Whatever you have a need of after you have been saved, you can't be saved by works and faith. You says by, <laughs> by faith alone. <laughs> Do you understand? Okay. Verse 25. In the same way, was not Rahab the harlot was justified by works when she received the messages and went uh, sent them uh, out by another way? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so is faith without works is dead. James five thirteen and fifteen says, "If if any among you are suffering, let him pray. Is any one of you cheerful? Let him sing praises. Is any one among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray that that uh, pray over him." Uh, anointing him in the name with the name of the Lord. They have to pray the prayer of faith over him. Okay? It's important. Important. Everybody has to have faith. I don't care who they are, they have to have faith. You can't, you cannot, uh, operate without faith in God. First Peter 1, verse 17, it says, uh, if you 
address as father, the one who impartially judges according to each one's work. Conduct yourselves in fear during the time you'll stay here on earth, knowing that you were redeemed with precious things. You were not redeemed with precious things like silver and gold or from your feudal way of life inherited from your forefathers, but the precious blood of Jesus, like the lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. Verse 20, for he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was, has, has appeared in his last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and your hope are in God. You know, uh, we can put our faith in people. And I, I saw that in the inauguration of our new president, that there's millions of people, and they put their faith in a man to change. You know, God says, <laughs> so your faith and hope are in God. If that man is not of God, you are hanging your faith and your hope on sinking sand, like quicksand. That man can do nothing apart from God. And he does things apart from God, then it's not going to last. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. It's already started. So I'm telling you, you can't have faith in, in, in me, in the president, in the government, in welfare, in social security, you can't have faith in food stamps. You can't have faith in nothing but God. Amen. If you have faith in God, you're standing on a rock. <laughs> you stand on a rock. In First John 5, 4 to 5 says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Our faith is important. And who is the, who is the one who overcomes the world but the, who he believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He is who he said he is. He's do what he said he's going to do. In Jude 20 it says, But you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. So you have to pray. You have to pray. You have to pray to build yourself up. This is important. Trust God. Trust God. Is there any doubt today that we need to trust God? So whatever your goal is, you're going to have to trust God for it. Don't trust in, you know, uh, uh, this exercise program. Don't, 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 don't trust in this uh, financial program. You better trust in God. Because whoever you're listening to in your finances, God is the one that's going to uphold it. Guaranteed. You know, just like he did with a woman, uh, Zarephath. Just like they'll do with uh, the woman, the widow woman who uh, had to uh, try to win back her, her children from slavery by paying her debts. If she doesn't have it, she doesn't have it. And she's better trusting nobody but God. And so she goes to, in those days, a prophet who represented God, who spoke for God. And now, these days in time, we go to Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, he is the 
the king of kings. He's the high priest. He's the Lord of lords. We go to him and say, God, you know, uh, I can't pay this thing right here. I don't know what I'm going to do, Lord. I know what I, you said. I've done what you said. I've given to the poor. I've dispersed the brawl. You, you said, you know, that if I give abundantly, you know, I reap abundantly, God. I won't have need of aid or nothing, Lord. You said all these things, Lord. You said you mother upon my seed, so Lord. God, I'm dependent on you. My eyes are upon you. I'm waiting right here, Lord. He's, he, he's going to show up. You just speak his word. You just speak his word. He will show up. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. You got to keep them speaking in anybody else's word. You got to speak his word. His word alone is what's going to, what's going to take it. Okay. Very important. I'm going to give you a, a small testimony. It's a big testimony, but it's a small testimony on, uh, just, uh, standing on the word. My wife gave me a, uh, a testimony. I said, you need to give it. So I said, oh, I don't want to do that. You know. It's embarrassing. It's no, it's not. And I didn't know what his message was about. <laughs> anyway. Um, Wait a minute. Let me, let me take this thing on. Okay, there you go. Years ago, well, years ago, uh, my immune system got really, I guess, um, it's not strong like it should be. It's strong by faith. Now it's stronger. But um, I started uh, maybe a couple of years ago manifesting this, I don't know, it was a kind of sore type of thing in my nose and uh and over the years, and he, he mentioned about praying in the Holy Spirit. Well, I spend time, all the time, praying in the Holy Spirit over myself. You know, a lot of people don't pray for themselves like they should because God only knows what you need. And you need to pray in the Holy Ghost over yourself. And I'm just telling you that because he knows. And you can pray his perfect will down upon your life if you spend time doing that. So I spend time every day praying over myself. I pray for others, you know, uh, but I do pray over myself because it's important. Um, but anyway, um, uh, I had this uh, situation, this problem, and uh, so I've been praying in the Spirit. In a couple of years, I started manifesting this thing, and, and I didn't know what it was. And, uh, and so um, God has led me to start taking this, um, this substance that I was taking, and it just just cleared it up. It just started clearing it up, you know, and, uh, but the thing is, I... When you, when you say substance, you, 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 know, you might need to explain it so they won't think you're taking, you oh, know, some it, illegal drug or something. Because I went to Fresh Air. He led, <laughs> that's where I was buying this from. But he led me to, to bake, take this. It's, a, some, it's some it's, herb or something. Yeah, it's not an herb. It's what like it? a, um, 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 what is the, uh, algae type thing. But anyway, something like that. But anyway, uh, I started uh, taking that, and I know God led me to do that because uh, I just, because he just showed me to do that. And uh, so I, I was taking it for, um, I've been taking it for at least two years now. And it would, you know, clear up, you know, keep this, whatever this is, away. And um, But then, all of a sudden, the last two weeks, the store stopped carrying this stuff. <laughs> and it, it just, so. Uh, you know, they just, uh, I went to buy it, and it wasn't there. I went back the next time, it wasn't there. This has been about two weeks now. And, but in the meantime, this thing came back because that's what God was using to keep this, you know, keep, you know, um, because uh, the, the situation. But, and so I'm just thinking, well, uh, but see, what I want to share, too, is that I really stay in the word, and I, you know, there's a type of confession like we we share about uh, the confession of uh, when we're standing against the enemy, the priorities of life. 
Well, I do another type of confession. I confess the scripture over myself. And I do that consistently every day. I confess healing scriptures over myself, just like I pray in the Holy Ghost over myself. And it's important that you do those things because it's just, you just need to. You need to build up yourself on your most holy faith. And I stand on that scripture. I build up myself on my most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. And that scripture I use all the time, and I pray in the Holy Spirit over myself. Well, anyway, um, uh, I, so, so I decided, well, since I couldn't get, I was forced to release my faith, in other words. I was forced to stand on the word instead of stand on something else. Because we can stand, and God, he meets us where we are. And we can, you know, he, he created everything. The herbs are for us, everything. is. You have faith in, in God. You go through the Bible, you'll see that he has, these things are created for man. But I need a supernatural thing now because I couldn't, you know, God wasn't allowing me to use this, obviously, anymore. So I had to start speaking the word over this situation. And so I just stood in faith and just started speaking to that place and commanding it to leave in the name of Jesus. And and I said, you have no right to manifest. And I told this whatever this was. And I just kept speaking God's word over it. In a couple of days, that thing was gone and has not manifested back since. Because the, because God's word is true, and if you do what God tells you to do, it, it, it will operate. He, he said his word is medicine to our, to our flesh. And it really is. It's medicine to our flesh, just like anything in the natural. The supernatural is more than, than it can overcome anything. But you have to do what God tells you to do. You have to be in the word, speak the word over yourself, do what God tells us to do. And when we have to stand on the word, it'll be there for us because you may not always have a store to run to. You may not have something in your cabinet that you can take to knock out a headache or whatever. You better be building yourself up on your most holy faith. And so that when something comes against you and you have to stand in, the, in faith, then God will manifest because you release your faith. That's what he gives it to us. So we have a measure of faith. He's already parted into every single person a measure of faith. But you have to exercise your faith. And that faith will grow as you exercise it. And that's what I do. I exercise my faith praying for other people, praying over myself. I exercise my faith. So when the time came that God said, well, you're going to have to use it more now than you. And when I started using it, it, it happened. God, his, his word is what it will do, what it says it will do. If you would do what he tells you to do. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you. Give God a hand for that. You know, and as I was preparing for this, you know, the thing is that he says, exalt me, exalt me. Because uh, I, I, I know he knows that many of us sometimes, we look at our circumstances, we don't know what we're going to do, uh, uh, and things like He said, exalt me, exalt me. Make sure the people know to exalt me, to lift me up. I am the King of Kings. I am the Lord of Lords. All glory and honor goes to me. So as we do that, I believe we're going to receive. I know we're going to receive uh, what we're going to, uh, what we need. We're going to stop here. We'll pick it up here next next week. And uh, you know, you don't want to miss the sessions. You can get you can get the message off the. Uh, 
off the internet. I think you go to sermon sermon dot net slash cornerstone media, and you can uh, uh, download the uh, service in your iPod. You can uh, get the handout, the printout. You can down, download the printout also. You can get that. Uh, so if you if you miss something, you can get it. If you're in nursery, you can get it. Uh, because this is very important. I believe that God is trying to position us so that we won't fail at anything. Now, if, if you're someone here that today you say, well, you know, I, I need to position myself in Christ because I'm not in Christ. I have not given my life to Jesus Christ yet. This day is a day for you because <laughs> God is ready every day to do a miracle in our lives and, and salvation is a is one of the largest miracles anybody could ever have to move from darkness to light, from the kingdom of, of Satan and his, his darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. So if anybody here like that, let's uh, everybody bow your heads. Let's pray. If anybody here like that, I would like to pray for you. So if you raise your hand and put it back down, we'll pray for you for the salvation of your soul uh, because you don't want to leave here today if you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ. Is anyone here? that would say that I want to give my life to Jesus Christ today. Is it anybody here to say that today I want to reposition myself? I know, I'm, I, know I gave my life to Jesus Christ, but I haven't been, uh, I haven't had that mindset, you know, really. And I've been really looking at my circumstances and not looking at the, the, the things that God has told me to look at. Look at Him, to glorify Him, to exalt Him. If that's you, would you raise your hand, put it back down. We'd like to pray for you also. Anyone like that here today? Okay. Would a prayer team come up, please? And if anyone here today that would like to get prayer for anything, uh, because it's very important that sometimes you come in agreement with someone else of faith that uh, for whatever you have need of, they will pray in agreement with you and for you because they love you and we love you. Let's stand. like to uh, say a blessing over you before we go and uh, feel free to come up for prayer. Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. Lord make his face shine upon you. Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. And make sure if you're a guest here for the first time today, say hi to Pastor William Minerva outside and go in peace. Have a great day. Amen.